This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast for episode 58 in the first episode of our new format. I'm so excited to kick this off with a very special guest speaker, Grant Baldwin, who is a very special guest speaker. So over the last year or so, I've talked a little bit about public speaking and making that a priority and a goal to grow as as an income source and a focus point for my business. So to start that, I actually spoke last year at a conference called FinCon. Uh, you've heard all about it on this show in the past before, I'm sure. So I spoke at FinCon last October on what it was like and, and how to help people build a side hustle to a $40,000 annual income in terms of revenue, which is what I did in 2015, the year before I quit my job. Uh, then this last May, I was in Huntsville, Alabama at the TBEX conference. That's a travel blogging conference where I spoke about taking your freelancing side hustle full time, which I did last April when my when I quit my job. My income grew from that $40,000 in 2015 plus my day job to over 10000 a month for the majority of the month since last October. So make it so public speaking has been, has been awesome it's been fun as you can tell by hearing me here i'm comfortable speaking in front of a crowd it's something i've enjoyed actually my first time ever public speaking that i remember was when i was about eight years old i spoke to the local political party office in support of my dad who was running for county commissioner i, I grew up in around boy scouts and, and scouting so i used to that leadership role being in front of people speaking in front of people and from my time at scout camp, I, I was on staff at a Boy Scout summer camp for seven summers. I was up in front of the entire camp at you know, mealtimes or flag ceremonies or teaching merit badge classes. So I've been up in front of you know, large crowds, you know, thousand people plus. But taking that experience of getting in front of a crowd and turning it into dollars in my pocket, that's something newer to me. And I ran into Grant Baldwin, today's guest, at... FinCon in New Orleans a few years ago, and he spoke about turning your speaking into a business and how he did that. And his career has exploded since then. You know, he was already a successful speaker, but now you can find him all around the web. He has a great podcast, all these great resources. So I subscribed and started listening, and that's when I set my two big speaking goals for this year. One, speak at a conference, which I can say I checked off when I went to TBEX and to get paid to speak by the end of the year. But that is something I haven't done yet. So let's dive into this interview with Grant so we can learn a little bit more about getting booked and paid to speak right after this. You probably noticed that over the last year and a half, this podcast has never had a single ad, but I'm sorry to say it's changing right now. You'll always know it's an ad because of this funky, cool, loungy background music, and it'll only come from companies that I trust and believe in. So if you have a company that I might trust and believe in, let me know. We have opportunities for you to advertise right here and reach the listeners who also enjoy this show. So whether you're trying to get a hold of people who are into investing or personal finance or entrepreneurship or side hustles, whatever they're doing, you can reach them here at the Personal Profitability Podcast. I'll work with you to find the right ad link, the right rates, everything we need. So what are you waiting for? 
send me a note, head to personalprofitability.com slash contact to get in touch. Who knows what's possible? Never know unless you try. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited to introduce our first guest ever on the new format. On the line with me is Grant Baldwin. Grant is a prolific speaker. I ran into him for the first time at FinCon in New Orleans a few years ago. Then he came back as a keynoter, and I was so inspired by his stuff that I've subscribed to his podcast. I'm a big fan, and I am excited to introduce you. So everyone, say hello to Grant. Grant, say hello to everyone. What's up, Eric? How are you, brother? Thanks for letting me hang out with you, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. So for people who don't know much about you, what is the you know the 15-second version of Grant Baldwin and the Speaker Lab and everything you're doing in a nutshell? Yeah, a lot of what we do is we teach people how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So there's a lot of people who are intrigued by, intrigued by speaking and want to do more speaking, but just have no idea where to even begin. So some people want to speak full time and they want to make it their primary business. Some people have a, a business going and they just want to speak you know, five, ten times as, as for other reasons. And so we, uh, we help kind of fill in the gaps on how to actually make that happen. And what I love about all this speaking stuff is it works as a great side hustle. It's something you could do whether you're self-employed online like me or whether you have that day job like I did you know, just a year ago. You can you know, speak on weekends and evenings. There's local speaking gigs. Uh, maybe you take a couple hours of vacation or a, a long lunch. You can go um, gig it up at, during your lunch break, make a few hundred bucks on the way, go back to work. So there's so many you know, flexible opportunities. But for someone like, let's say there's someone like me who's... Um, who has some online presence. I've, I've done a couple speaking gigs. I spoke at FinCon last year, TBEX earlier this year, but nothing mm-hmm. paid so far. So for people who really want to you know, break into that paid world, have dabbled a little, what would you say are the first big steps they should do to you know, find places that want them to speak? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of things that people need to do. Is One is you, you first of all have to get really, really clear about who it is that you speak to. And then number two is what the problem that you can solve for that audience. I think the challenge for most speakers is uh, we've we've done some speaking before, kind of like you said, Eric, where you, you've done some speaking, you know, locally or at a conference or an event with some friends or or whatever, some acquaintances, and and you liked it and you want to do more of it, and so then it becomes, well, I just want to speak, and I don't really take the time to think through, you know, who do I speak to or what do I speak about. In the same way. That if you have a podcast or if you write a book or if you have a blog or any type of product or service, if you say, you know, my product or service is for everybody and it's for anybody, that's really for nobody. And so as a speaker, you have to be super clear about who it is that you speak to. And then the second part there is what is the problem that you're solving for that audience? So if you say, you know, I want to speak to moms or I want to speak to um, online entrepreneurs or I want to speak to dentists. I mean, it could be any number, but you have to be really clear about who it is that you speak to. And the more specific you can be the better. If you say, I only want to speak to women. Okay, that's great, but that's still half of the world's population. So how can you start to narrow that down a few more layers so that you can get really clear about who it is that you speak to, what's the problem that you can solve for them? The third piece is then going to be, where do those people gather? So just because you want to talk uh, to a certain audience or just because you have a topic that you want to talk about, 
doesn't necessarily mean that there's any opportunities around that subject or topic. It is much simpler uh, to find and book speaking engagements with organizations and groups that are already looking for a speaker. So you mentioned that you and I have both spoke at a conference called FinCon, and the reason that we were able to get booked to speak at that conference is because that conference already happens. So the event organizer, a guy named PT, we didn't have to convince PT to have an event and then have to convince him to hire us. We said, no, no, no. You're already planning on hiring an event. Here's who the audience is, and here's how we can speak on something that solves a problem for that audience. In that situation, we are solving the problem for that, not only that audience, but also solving the problem for that potential client. So the more specific you can be uh, about who it is that you speak to and what it is that you speak about, the easier it starts to become to find potential gigs and to start to pitch what the, how you can best uh, be a fit for their, their event. Here's a fun uh, shout out. We've had PT on the show before, so I'll put a link to the show notes so you guys can all find that interview if you're interested in listening and hearing more about FinCon. So He's a great dude. Uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's been a buddy. He's been a huge uh, supporter and inspiration for me in, in going to full-time with this, this whole online internet business thing. <laughs> cool. So you have your idea, you have your niche. How do you mine for these opportunities? Now, that's a place that you know, I've struggled. If you want to learn how to speak better, I really highly suggest listening to Grant's podcast, The Speaker Lab. But let's say you, you have that speaking skill down and you're really just trying to mine through the data. Of you know, There's so many websites and conferences. How do you really niche down and then how do you find the right people to reach out to or figure out how to get them to reach out to you to get that first gig? Yeah, and I think what what you alluded to at the end there is, is what people want to have happen. Meaning that we want to say, uh, I put up a website, or I, I mentioned to a couple people, I posted on Facebook that I'm a speaker, and uh, now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And it just it just does not work like that, especially early on when you're trying to get traction and you're trying to get some momentum. A lot of it is you doing some manual outreach. It's you just doing some guerrilla marketing of finding the potential events that you would be a good fit for and reaching out to them saying, you know, here's who I am and here's the solution that I offer for your event and for your audience members. You know, would this be something that you would be interested in? Because remember, you're, you're providing a solution to the pain that they already have, to the problem that they already have. So for example, if it's the dead of winter and it's, um, the, my driveway is covered in snow and someone shows up to the door and says, Hey, would you like me to shovel your driveway? Well, in that very moment, they are providing a solution to a pain that I have. But if they're coming to me in, uh, in summer and it's a 90 degree day and there's no snow and they're asking if they want me to, to or if, if I want them to, to shovel the driveway, well, there's, I, they're providing a solution that I don't have a pain for. I don't have a need for. So figuring out again, who are those conferences and events that you can speak to that again, have that pain point. So how you actually find those, I think one one of the simplest things that you can do um, and, and one of the easiest ways to get going is just using Google. So let's say that you wanted to, let's say you wanted to speak to dentists. Okay. And I'm just using some random example. One of the things that you could do is you could go online and you could look up, let's say um, dental conference or dental uh, association or dental event or dental group. And you're just looking for, you know, and you could look this up also by state or region or province or territory, depending on where you're located. And you're just kind of looking up some existing events around that subject or topic. Uh, and I also recommend that you, you actually do it by on a state basis, because sometimes let's say you look up dental conference, you're probably going to find some type of like national big wig conference that if they're going to bring in speakers, they're typically going to be bringing in, um, 
bigger national speakers that have that probably have you know bigger fees and they're going to have bigger budgets for the event. Uh, so when you start on a local level, so let's say um, you know I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. So if I look up Tennessee Dentist Conference, I'm going to start to find events that have smaller budgets. That um, oftentimes they have some budget. It's just not as big as a, as a national level. And so they're they don't have you know twenty thousand dollars to spend on a speaker. They have a thousand dollars and they still want a solid speaker. They don't want to just throw a thousand bucks away. But they're looking for who is someone that would be a good fit. And so if it's a something that that's that for me is in my backyard that I could go travel to, then it's a lot easier for me and it's a lot easier for them to be a, a win-win situation. So just starting with something like Google and spending some time looking up some of those potential events and then reaching out to them, that can be really, really effective. The challenge, though, is like you said, Eric, it's it's mining. It takes time. And so it's not like I found five events, I send five emails, and now I just sit back and I should get five bookings out of it. The reality is, is that typically doesn't work. So uh, it may be that you send five emails and you may only hear back from one of them. And uh, that one may be interested in you, but they're not looking right now. You know, go back to the analogy of the shoveling snow in that that person may eventually need you to shovel snow, but they don't need you to do it today. So that person may, you know, if they're, they book speakers for an event, but they, their event happens in, let's say October and they book speakers in February. Well, if it's March, then they're not going to be looking at speakers for another year or so. So they, the, you have what they need. They just don't need it at this moment. So a lot of it is just identifying potential leads, reaching out to them, and then just following up with them. So much of speaking is following up and just building a relationship with that potential client. It's like speaking is such a relationship business and that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so whenever you whenever you go speak at an event, remember you are a reflection on that event. So the more that that a potential client knows you and trusts you, the more comfortable they're going to feel to hire you and put you on stage to represent them. So I know you started your speaking career on the pulpit and then you moved to the stage and it's a lot of your speaking, at least in the beginning, was it schools, colleges, educational institutions? You know, I know I live in you know, kind of, let's say, the south central coast of California, not too far from Los Angeles or uh, San Diego, San Francisco. So there's some big cities nearby. So for people who live near big cities, they might think, oh, there's colleges nearby, other places that might need speakers. What was it like building relationships and breaking into that world? Yeah, it is. Like you said, it is very much a relationship business. And so if you live in, in a, a major market, that can help um, because there's more likelihood that events are going to be coming through town or that if there's going to be some type of state event that it may be hosted in your area. So I'm, you know, like I mentioned, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville's located in the central part of uh, of the state itself. So there's a lot of events that are happening here. There's a lot of conferences that come through town. So it's a good, it's a good place to be. But at the same time, there's also, if I just looked at a map and just drew a, uh, a, a radius of, let's say three hour drive, there's other cities or other areas that I would feel comfortable, you know, reaching out to or other states that I'd feel fine reaching out to. So I may be in Tennessee, but I'm also uh, not too far from Kentucky and Alabama and Missouri and, uh, you know, other states that may also have events that I could reach out to. So there's always going to be some of those opportunities that exist, uh, even just within your backyard, where, again, they just don't have they have some budget. They just don't have some major budget to bring in some some, you know, big wig, top known speaker. But if you are someone who's getting started charging a thousand dollars to go speak at something where you're still going to deliver, uh, you know, it may not be like this, this you know, a grand slam home run, but maybe you're just like, I can, you know, you feel comfortable enough that you can deliver a solid double 
uh, that's worthwhile. That's valuable to so many events where they need a solid speaker to come in and, and present. And specifically for the for the colleges and that you know, education mm-hmm. um, focus speaking or, or educational institutions, how does that differ from events or conferences? Yeah, whenever it comes to uh, sort with colleges, with colleges, there's a lot of opportunities to speak, but there's a lot of different opportunities, meaning that uh, one of the first things that you want to do if you wanted to speak to colleges is you want to get really clear about who uh, what group of students on campus you would want to speak to. Okay, I'll give you some examples. So I, for example, I've done a lot of speaking in the college market, but it's almost primarily been in the orientation market. So when freshmen come to campus, uh, I am someone that would come in and speak to that audience, right? Whereas I know other speakers who do a lot with, let's say, Greek life. And so these are they're speaking to fraternities and sororities or um, student life where they're just looking for a, um, a speaker who comes in, you know, a couple times a year just for various events uh, or some type of lecture series. They may be bringing in an outside speaker. I've been hired by um, the financial aid office to come in and teach personal finance to students. So all that to say, there are there are multiple decision makers just within a, a one college campus. There's clubs um, that hire speakers as well. So there's just a lot of potential opportunities that, that exist just within the you know the 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 college market. So you want to be really clear about who within that market you want to be speaking to. Now, if you go to the education market, which is going to be, let's say, um, elementary, middle school, and high school, typically, if you're going to be speaking in that setting, there's typically two audiences you're going to be speaking to. Either you're going to be speaking to the students or you're going to be speaking to the teachers. And occasionally, sometimes you may be speaking to the parents. So if you're speaking to the students, you're typically going to be speaking to the whole school. And so you want to make sure that whatever the topic or presentation is that you're delivering, that it's something that's going to be relevant and applicable to the entire school. So doing what would typically be known as a school assembly. So um, that would be, that's going to be what's typical within the education space. If you're speaking to teachers, that can come in the form of there's uh, a lot of schools and districts that'll have uh, speakers come in and talk to teachers either before school or after school or uh, sometimes in the evening, sometimes during uh, summer conferences, summer trainings. I've spoken at several of those before where they're just doing some continuing education during the summer or a couple times during the school year, they just need like a, you know, a little motivational pep talk or they, you know, you're coming in to teach some specific, you know, I don't know, teaching strategy or tactic that can be used in the classroom. Uh, So you're just, you're doing some type of training like that during the school year. So there's a lot of those opportunities that exist. But again, a lot of this comes back to you being very specific about who you speak to and what you speak about. So that you're not saying, well, I could speak to conferences and I could speak to associations and I could speak at colleges and I could speak at education and I could speak at all these different, all these different options. And then from a marketing perspective, you just, you're spread yourself so thin from a speaking perspective, you suck at all those topics. Uh, But being really, really clear of saying, I just speak to, you know, high school students, or I just speak to teachers, or I just speak to dentists, or just speak to, you know, um, fraternities and sororities on colleges. Like the more specific you can be, the better it is for you to find those potential events and start to gain some traction. That's awesome. So one last question. So there's a lot of people who listen who are freelancers, side hustlers, and a big part of breaking into a lot of those markets means you have to work at least a couple times for free before you can start getting paid. But I always remind people you don't work for free for too long because this is work. You know, it, it might be fun. It might be something sure. you're passionate about. But at the end of the day, we can't 
pay our rent with exposure and we have to get paid. So what yep. what is the your suggestion for someone who's brand new, never spoken before, what should they do for free? And at what point should they feel confident enough they can say, you know, I'm worth 500 or $1,000? Yeah, the, there's a couple questions in there let, let's dig into. So first of all, I think you're exactly right that if you're speaking, you're providing value, then you should be compensated in some way for your value. So meaning that it's okay to speak for free, but just know why you're doing it. And don't just speak for free out of the goodness of your heart, all right? So remember, you're running a business, and so you have to you have to receive some type of value from that. Now, ideally, that value comes in the form of a check, but there's times where that doesn't, but you can still receive value, okay? So I'll give you several examples. Um, it may make sense to speak for free just for the practice. The way that you become a better speaker is that you actually speak. Now, if you're going to speak just for the sake of practice, then I would recommend that you do that primarily locally. I would not recommend saying, I'm going to you know spend a bunch of money on travel and go halfway across the country uh, to speak you know, 30 minutes to this group of 12 people just so I can get another practice. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, so if you're going to practice, just do some more local stuff. Uh, it may make sense to speak for free because you have some type of product or service that you, and so you're going to be able to generate more revenue on the back end of whatever it is that you offer. So there's a lot of speakers that use speaking for that model. It's more of a lead generation model. Uh, it may make sense to, to speak for free uh, because it's a conference or an event that you wanted to, to attend. So, uh, one of the reasons that, that talked a little bit about FinCon and typically if you're doing a workshop at FinCon, you get to attend the conference for free. And so that if the ticket for FinCon is, I don't know, 500 bucks or something, then, then, and you're doing a workshop at it for free, but you're getting a $500 ticket for an event that you wanted to attend anyway, there's value in that. If you're speaking at a, doing a session and there's a lot of decision makers in that room that are looking for a speaker, and so that one event, lead that one free event leads to, let's say, three paid events, then that free event makes itself very, very worthwhile. So again, all that to say, don't just speak for free for the heck of it. It's absolutely okay to speak for free as long as you know why you're doing it and as long as you're receiving some type of value for it. Now, in terms of how much should you charge as a speaker, this is a question that we get a lot and there are absolutely a lot of variables that go into it. So we actually, we put together a totally free calculator, free tool that I encourage people to check out uh, over at myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com. You literally you just answer a couple of questions and it'll tell you how much you should charge as a speaker. Uh, because there's a bunch of variables on, on travel and how many times you're speaking and um, is it a place that you even want to go? Is it a conference that you want to attend? Are you going to be selling some type of product or service? Uh, there's just all these nuances and variables, but that'll just answer a couple questions there and that'll give you a good gauge of, uh, of how much you should be charging to speak. I actually ran through that tool myself not too long ago and found for local event talks, you know, let's say the Los Angeles area within a couple hour drive, my rate mm -hmm. should be $1,500, which I think it's yeah. pretty good for a few hours work. Um, yep. And of course, all the hours that go into planning and, and driving and practicing. It's not just the, the 30, 45 minutes, whatever you're on stage, There's a lot more that goes into it, as you know. But uh, you know, I, I was thrilled to see that number and I'm looking forward to getting booked and paid to speak sometime in the near future. But speaking of that, if people want to connect with you, find you, um, see what you're up to along around the web and elsewhere, where should they go? Yeah, one of the best places to go is we have um, uh, an online training that we we walk through just kind of a step-by-step -step system on how to find and book speaking engagements. So people can check out freespeakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com, and uh, that'll walk you through, uh, again, that step-by-step -step system. So definitely check it out. 
Great. Thank you very much. This has been a ton of fun. Everyone, Grant Baldwin. Uh, this was this was great. Thank you so much. Have a have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you, buddy. Well, that's a wrap on this one, ladies and gentlemen. This was a really fun interview. I learned a ton myself, and I'm really inspired to go out there and land my next paid speaking gig. So check out the show notes for this episode. Head to personalprofitability.com slash episode 58 to get links for everything we talked about today and connect with Grant. But you know, the most important thing is that you take action, you take it home and follow through yourself and, and improve your finances and earn a little bit more. It was always the best thing you can do to pay me back if you enjoyed the show. Share it with a friend who might find it useful or drop a rating on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts so other people can find and discover the show. Well, that's all I got for this time. Thanks for hanging out. And until next time, stay profitable. Stay profitable.